Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, sometimes knitting, what I'm reading and watching, and a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so grab yours and let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 76. Happy fall, everyone, or spring, I guess, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, but uh, up, up here we are diving into fall. I love fall, even though it's more in my mind than the reality of it, because here we are at the beginning of October in Southern California, and it is 90 degrees, and it's hot. It is not sweater weather at all. It's not soup weather yet, but um, we're getting there, and I'm enjoying making some plans for things like that, but um there are leaves on the ground and so there are signs that it's fall and I am leaning into that. So um, do you have something fun to drink? I've got this adorable cup mug that my daughter gave me for Christmas last year. It's um, kind of like a handmade pottery thing when it's it's a very light pink and white and I love it and I don't use it as often as I should because it's a little bit small. I really need to make tea in a pot and put it in there because if I'm going to just use a tea bag or something, I want a big mug. But man, do I love this cup and I'm just drinking um, some Trader Joe's Well Rested. I'm just trying to lay off the caffeine here a little bit and um, and I love it. It's a little bit like a sleepy time tea, which I don't uh, mind having in the middle of the day. So I hope you have grabbed something fun to drink while you while we spend some time together. So how is your fall going? Um, I am still getting used to being an empty nester. So we dropped my son off a couple of weeks, the youngest child off at school in San Diego. And then last weekend, um, I went to Catalina. My husband and I went to Catalina Island, this little town of Avalon, as our little sort of long weekend celebratory empty nester vacation. And it was lovely. I am a native Southern Californian and have never been to Catalina Island before, which is just a little bit crazy. So it was a perfect time to, to do something like that. I didn't, I learned a lot. I didn't realize how small Catalina is or not. The island is actually, it's not that small. It's just the, the Avalon, the one big population center of Catalina um, is about 4,000 people is all and it is just this tiny little you know village nestled between these two big mountains in a valley and the one of the most fun things that I learned by going to Avalon is that there are almost no cars everyone just drives golf carts everywhere as a matter of fact we we took a tour and um, if you want a full-sized vehicle in Avalon you have to go on a waiting list and it's like 15 to 20 years (laughs) before your name comes up and they actually had just very recently opened a grocery store um yeah I can imagine how hard it would be to do the whole food thing there before then our tour guide was a Nate like three generations native um uh, from you know Catalina like you know she grew up there and so she was obviously very excited about having a um a grocery store and it was it's a a train called Vaughn's but the parking lot of the grocery store had 10 spaces and they were only for golf carts so everyone gets around a golf carts we rented a golf cart and just drove 
all over the island in an hour and you've pretty much seen everything. <laughs> so, um, so it was very fun. It was very fun. We stayed at the Atwater Hotel, which has been completely refurbished during COVID and it was absolutely lovely. We would get our coffee and croissant and go um, sit on a bench by the beach for breakfast, both mornings and lunch at the beach, lunchtime margarita, both days. I mean, life was, life was feeling pretty, pretty good. And it was just really a nice time to, um, we actually ran out of things to do. So we were just forced to just sit there and read on the beach <laughs> and, you know, have some good conversations about the travel that we want to do and how, how things are going to be now. So, so anyway, so that was really fun. And then back to real life. And, you know, I'm still adjusting to, you know, the, the empty nester thing and just cooking for the two of us, which there are some good things and some bad things. The good thing is there's less cooking. There is less cleanup. Everything stays cleaner now. Um, I have fallen into my, my pattern right now is to just come up with four or five uh, dinners for us per week. And I'm not even assigning them to days. I just, I've started writing them on the whiteboard and we'll just go, okay, which one do we want to cook and what kind of leftovers do we have? But I think basically I don't, I, we don't need seven days worth of meals anymore. <laughs> we can um, just, I'll be, keep cooking similar amounts that I used to, and then we'll just spread out the leftovers. And that's been, you know, kind of a fun idea. Um, this week I'm trying a couple new recipes and I did just have to pause and think, you know, as I'm, I'm trying to, you know, find the good parts about this. I'm like this sweet potato kale goat cheese salad is not something that we'd be having for dinner if all the kids were home <laughs> you know um, just just little things like that so um yeah just for the whole summer I decided to take the pressure off myself from menu planning I'm not going to try new recipes I'm just going to do a fall meal queue, which is this thing I got from the Lazy Genius. I have a little notebook and I just created categories of food. Um, and so then I would try to plan out a couple, of week, a couple of weeks of meals at a time. Or even if it's just one, it's nice to choose from different categories that I know how to make, I know everybody likes, things like that. So that was a very easy summer meal queue. I need to do one for the fall. Um, but I, I think, you know, one night a week I would like to get back to trying something new I did that for years I would always want to try one new recipe a week and um but it just through COVID and stuff I just got overwhelmed trying to get dinner on the table and kind of gave that up plus just with five people with you know different ideas about what they like it just it was hard so so excited about trying some new recipes and figuring out a new cleaning routine thanks to everyone who responded to me from the last podcast where I was um, really having this internal debate over, over whether I should hire a once a month house cleaner to do the deep cleaning that I don't really want to do. And so many people were just like, just do it, just do it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. And then I got in touch with my former housekeeper and uh, she's not available anymore. So now it's a whole new project and I'll probably just clean myself. Um, yeah, so just uh, lots of transitions, which is what fall is all about. So let's get into the quilting content. But before we do, I'd like to thank the Fat Quarter Shop for sponsoring the podcast. The Fat Quarter Shop is a one-stop show for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world. They stock quilt shop quality fabrics, pre-cuts, quilt kits, patterns, notions, and even cross-stitch supplies. All right, last call here to enjoy an eternal spring with Vanessa Gertzen of Lella Boutique and her latest book, 
the Rose in Bloom block of the month. With 10 enchanting quilt blocks arranged in a floral-inspired setting, this quilt is a veritable garden party of wonder. And that book is going to ship in October, so you want to get in on it now. You can still pre-order it, and I will put a link in the show notes. Um, It's a fabulous book with fabulous quilts. Definitely, you're going to want to check that out. And I just received my order from the Fat Quarter Shop of my Wide Back Blossom Fabric from Riley Blake. And as always, the Fat Quarter Shop has just absolutely fabulous customer service, fabulous shipping, and it's always such a treat when I get that delivery on my doorstep. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, I finished the Cabin Valley Quilt, which I've talked about the last couple podcasts, a modern log cabin. I'll continue to just keep that link in the show notes if you want to check it out because it was just such a fun if you are in any kind of a quilting funk it is the quilt to get you out of that and I did treat myself to the wide back I didn't treat myself it was actually cheaper than buying the same amount of fabric um to and and sewing the seam so I went with this light uh, it was called light denim I believe blossom fabric from Riley Blake as the backing sent that off to the long armor and I've got it back it showed up yesterday and I love it I did end up going with the Baptist fan um quilty motif my uh, long armor Deanna Senzano I mean I corresponded (laughs) for about 10 minutes as we as she was laying it out it was so fun she just um, was laying it out and you know it's a computerized program on the machine and just sending me pictures of you know what you know because you can resize these things so like the density of of quilting on the size of my quilt because I don't like super dense quilting so I wanted it to be blown up but not too big and um, yeah it was a great collaboration and I'm super happy with how it's going how it went so I've got it in my hands I need to trim it up and um, last time I talked about doing a white binding and um, I'm now thinking about doing a f- doing facing so I would use white would I use white hmm that's interesting yeah, because I probably don't have enough of the backing fabric. I might. I might have enough left over of the backing fabric that I could do that. Oh, that's very interesting. So what I'm kind of wondering is I know a lot of modern quilters do facing instead of binding. But what I'm wondering is, is is that more for if you're just going to hang it on the wall? Is it a wall hanging? How does it stand up to actual being, you know, a quilt that you're going to use. So I need to do a little research. It, it, this just occurred to me yesterday about maybe I shouldn't do binding even. Yeah, I don't know. So if you have thoughts about binding versus facing, um, go over to the Simple Handmade Everyday Facebook group and uh, leave me leave me a message there. Um, I always post a, a link to the podcast in that group. So if you want to just, you know, do a comment to that post or a new post, however you want to do it, email me. I'm available lots of ways, but um, yeah, so I'm, I've got some thoughts about that, but I'm thinking, you know, I, I want to try some things that I haven't tried before and facing is one of those. And it does give things a very clean look because there's like no binding. It just, it's just the quilt just, it just stops, which is kind of how I want this one to be because it's just so clean looking, which is why I was thinking about doing it with white, but it would be, I think even better if there was not the line there. So anyway, so that's what I'm thinking about. I'll keep you posted on that. And as I mentioned before, I think that my next quilt is going to be a scrap quilt from the class called Transform Your Scraps, the Treasure Box Block. 
It's a, a class on Creative Spark from CNT Publishing by Judy Gauthier. I've talked about it before, but I've now gone through the whole class, um, parts of it, even more than once. And um, I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot. She uses a particular color wheel in this class, which is actually on sale at the CNT website for only like $7. And what's cool about it is that it's it's bigger than any color wheel I have and it gives you more, um, you know, shades between, you know, yellow and green, you know, all the shades between, which is, she uses a lot to help you figure out how to sort your scraps by just holding up your fabric to, um, to the color wheel to figure out, okay, is this purple? Is it more on the red side? Is it more on the blue side? This yellow, does it have a lot of green in it? You know, um, and it just kind of helps you to create um, good looking quilts because your all your yellow scraps and your orange scraps, you've, you've got it figured out, um, the ones that are more similar to each other, if that makes sense. So um, it's it was a great class. Let me just kind of walk you through what she covers in it. Um, what constitutes a scrap is one is one of the first topics, which is not just like little crumbs. I mean, some people use those crumbs, meaning a tiny little thing. You know, she has some things that are, are quite large scraps because she actually, in her shop, she owns a quilt shop and they make umbrellas, which is really interesting. So she cuts these big wedge shapes out and then I guess laminates them or something. I'm not sure. But anyway, so she's left with a lot of um, weird, like a lot of fabric, but weirdly shaped. You know, it's not in any way rectangular. And same thing if you do curved piecing or if you garment sew it all, you're left with um, things that are scraps but are not necessarily small. So she talks um, about that. She talks about how she sorts them, um, which, spoiler, is by color. Now, I don't know. I mean, I've aspired to do more with scraps for a very long time, and I, for a while, um, would spend a little time each day on the Bonnie Hunter method of just going through them and then cutting them into her, you know, she has certain pieces that she uses that works for her quilts. And, um, and I know that works for some people. So, you know, whatever you do, you, but for me, I always felt like I'm cutting down this piece and what if I wanted it for something else and it would have, I would have liked having it larger, you know? So, so I think that Judy's sort of the same way here where she doesn't really worry about cutting the scraps until you're going to use them. But what she does is sort them by color. And, um, and again, I guess that's a difference. So many of Bonnie Hunter's scrap quilts, I mean, she does definitely have color palettes, but she uses, a, has a lot of free patterns even for scrap quilts where it's just like, you know, you just throw everything. And I've made one of those quilts, you know, where it just did not even matter what the fabric was. And they all, because it's just like a general impression by the end there, I think they were only about an inch or an inch and a half finished, each little square. So it just creates an impression. So it doesn't matter if they go together. But I personally like scrap quilts that have a little bit more of a controlled color palette. That's just like my, my taste. So sorting things by color and then getting in there and figuring out what you're gonna do with them and cutting things to the right size seems to be a method that for me mentally works better. So um, I have picked a quilt from the book. Uh, there's a book that came with the course. You can also just get the book and um, it is called Quilts for Scrap Lovers. Um, 16 projects start with simple squares. And um, this book, there, there's a lot of quilts in here with, with using what she calls the treasure blocks, 
treasure box block. That is so hard to say. And she has some templates that go with that. The quilt that I chose actually, I mean, I think you, you can use her templates, um, but they're not is important for this particular one. The, the quilt I have picked is called Sunshine and Shadows, and it is the one that is on the cover of this book. And um, so it's, it's a big block and it's um, a lot of half square triangles. And um, the way, so you make one block with a background, which I think I'm gonna finally try to get brave enough, although maybe it'll be too chaotic, I don't know. I would like to use low volume prints as a background. And I have not done that on any large scale before. I've played with it with small things, um, but I'd like to do that. And then each block is just like one color. So there's an, you know, so it's a background and orange scraps or a background and green scraps, you know, like that. And I just love the way it looks. And so that's gonna be um, my next uh, my next project. And I'm really excited about starting that and um, you know, using up my stash, which I've talked a lot about that I don't feel like I use enough of. So, so that is my next project. And as always, I will put a link in the show notes and the way I do the, the um, links for the book, you can see the cover of the book there. So go take a look at that if you are curious. Now, the other book that I wanna talk about is a book that CNT Publishing sent me and it is called Quilt As You Go Made Clever by Jara Brandvig. And I, this is the third book by Jara that I have. I have um, Quilt As You Go Made Modern, Quilt As You Go Made Vintage, and then this one is Quilt As You Go Made Clever. And I love Jara, she lives up in um, Seattle. And uh, I have, she's also a, a fabric designer and I've worked with her fabric several times and I just, I love everything that she does. And this is a really fun, um, a little quilt book and it has a lot of really small projects. So um, if you want to try some new techniques but don't want to try a big quilt, this is definitely a, a, a go-to resource. And she has a few, so the quilt as you go is that you are making basically one block at a time that has the top batting and the backing and you quilt it as you go. You, you're sewing the um, the, the fabric through the batting onto the backing right then and there. And then what you do is, she, and she gives you the techniques in the book is then you take these, you know, blocks that are already quilted and she has different ways of, um, of sewing them together. So, or you can just actually do, sometimes you can use the backing, but other ways you can do this is just the quilt up onto the batting and then you sew it all onto the backing. Um, with different techniques. So a few different ways to go there, but she's got a bunch of really cute projects. And one that, that kind of spoke to me, let me find it. It's called Port Townsend. Each of these projects in here are named after various um, places near Seattle. And I just thought this was very clever. She has a, a kind of a large hexi template in the back of the book. And you basically um, cut out a top and a bottom and you and you and you sew that hexagon together turn it right side out okay you know like and poke out the corners kind of thing so you've got all these hexagons that are finished in a way right and except for the little part where you had to you know pull it through to get it right side out and then she has you this is I, i'm going to do a terrible job of explaining this but i will put a picture in the show notes so you've got these hexagons and then for each of the little pointy corners you fold 
you fold that in a certain amount. You know, you just, and so, and what happens when you fold those corners in, which you don't have to worry about because it's, it's all finished on all the sides. Um, and then she has you so top stitch those down. And when you do that, what you are left with on the front side is a star, is the shape of a star. Like what? <laughs> so she has you take all these things and you fold them together and then you sew them together in rows. So the whole thing looks like stars. So she has you in, in, in her situation, um, she uses the backside of, of all the hexagons are one fabric. In this case, she uses a gray. And so as you fold the little corners forward and you see the star shape, what you see between the stars is that gray, which forms um, this, this cool diamond shape thing. It's just, it, it's very clever. It's very clever. It reminds me, it's a little bit um, like if you've ever done a cathedral windows quilt where you fold over those edges um, to create the, the cathedral windows. So it's kind of a take on that, but with a hexagon. So it's, it's very cool. Um, but she has lots of table toppers, ways to incorporate um, lace into some um, very cool just like uh, string blocks which are one of the string blocks are one of the easiest ways to do um, quilt as you go where you just lay down a square of batting and then um, various strips of fabric you can just sew them right on one after another um, and the, but she's she's kind of done her own thing with that by incorporating some lace on top of it which is really cool like a cotton lace so um, lots of good small projects that you can, and, and not only, so a lot of small projects, but also ways to incorporate them into you, your home decor. So she is into antiques and stuff, and she's gone and found um, antique window panes or antique baskets, things like that to use as a frame for a wall quilt. So super fun. Um, so again, that's Quilt As You Go, made clever as always. I will put a link in the show notes and you should definitely check that out. Knitting wise, I will just say that I am still knitting the elementary wrap from Pearl Soho. Still enjoying it. I'm getting some length on it, but it will in fact take me a long time. I'm going on a trip in um, a couple of weeks in mid-October to Massachusetts where I'm going to work a trade show and I'm looking forward to doing a lot of airplane knitting and hotel knitting and things like that. I think I'd mentioned before that there was a part of me that thought I would have this ready and done by this trip and that is absolutely nowhere near the case. So um, enjoying that. Let's move on to books. Um, so the last episode I told you I was reading The Winter Garden by Krista Hanna, Kristen Hanna and that I was about 85% done and that I was enjoying it but I gotta tell you that last 85 that last 15% was so good like I think I finished it the next day and I was like oh man I should have waited to talk about it till I'd finished it so um in episode 75 I talk about that book and it was so good and the way it came together at the end um, I was <laughs> I was sitting outside in my swing chair reading probably at lunch so my husband we often eat outside my husband was sitting out there and I'm crying I've got tears running down my face as I'm reading this book and he's like what's wrong I'm like no it's just it's a really good book <laughs> so I really enjoyed that one and then I immediately went on to the four winds by Kristen Hanna I think I'm going to give her a break for a little while after this um 
And this book, it's it's the It book right now. It's her newest book. And my friend Patty over at Elm Street Quilts told me to read it. She said it was really good. So I've been waiting forever. So I got it as the audiobook. And oh my gosh, I didn't realize that I had like a favorite audiobook narrator, but Julia Whalen is the best narrator. She does so many good accents. So she narrated The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue and she did this one and she's done another one I've listened to recently. She's so good. So it makes such a difference. Um, so The Four Winds is, um, let me let me phrase it like an SAT question. As the Nightingale was to World War II Paris, the Four Winds is to the Dust Bowl in America. It's all about the Dust Bowl, which I realized I know very little about. I have never, in fact, even read or watched Grapes of Wrath, which apparently I really need to do. But it starts with a, um, a family. You know, this is like in the you know, early 30s. We're in the Depression um, in Texas. And um, a woman, uh, a young girl who came from a, um, a well-to-do family, but did not, for whatever reason, seem like she was um, very eligible marriage-wise. She was too tall, too skinny, whatever. Um, she ends up on a farm in Texas. And it's a pretty good life. It's a pretty good life for her. It's not, things are not ideal. Um, but as times continue, we, we hit the Dust Bowl years where, with the droughts and, um, you know, people really scrounging to eat. And the way that um, Kristen Hanna describes these dust storms, like, I mean, I knew about the Dust Bowl in general, but I didn't realize that these dust storms would come in and it's it's like being snowed in there would be you know 18 inches of dirt up against the house so that you had to crawl out a window and sweep off the step to just get the doors open that people had to um store all their dishes upside down because just by the morning there would just be dirt in them like i just i, I really i didn't realize you know that's why I, I like to get my history <laughs> in historical fiction um ways because it just that's how it becomes so personal to me so you can read about it you know just objectively and it doesn't touch my heart the way it does when it comes in the form of a story so um so like a lot of people you know then there, there's this trek to california um <laughs> the the land of plenty where you know everything's green and everything and it did not go it did not go the way they thought let's just say that and it reminded me very much of the refugee crisis now because the people in california didn't want all these people coming in and taking their jobs and um you know the living in basically refugee, you know, migrant camps and, and things like that. And these are the same people who, you know, this woman, she came from this wealthy family. Um, so, it, but that is not how she is seen when she's in California. So um, I did, I, I sent a few messages to Patty and said, this book is so depressing. And it is, it is, it's depressing. Um, it's, it's not a lightweight story, but you know, I went back and I'm like, you know what? I, I, I didn't call the nightingale depressing, um, which it was, <laughs> but it was, it, 
I learned a lot. It was a great story. Kristen Ryder is a, Kristen Hanna is a great storyteller. Um, so I, I very much enjoyed it, but it's, um, it's heavy. It's a heavy book, if that makes sense. So in the middle of that, I took a little bit of a break because that was an audiobook. I usually have an audiobook going and uh, an ebook going at the same time. And you know how I love a um, cozy mystery. And so the new notorious um, murder mystery, and I think this is, I don't know, I want to say it's book 11 or 12 or something like that. It's its up there by uh, Reagan Davis came out. I just pre-ordered these at this point. It's $2.99. Take my money. Entertain me for a couple of days. I am guilty. So this one's called Bait and Stitch. They always have these kind of corny names. Um but it was super cute. And it was just like, I read that when we were at Catalina, actually, which was fun. And it was just that sort of lightweight, easy reading. I'm outside drinking a margarita. I don't need anything harder to read than a little cozy knitting mystery. Um, but this one was fun. If you've read any of them, they usually take place in this um, very idyllic town called Harmony Lake. It's in, in Canada. Um, it's fictional, but in general, it's in Canada. And um, But this one is uh, a all the women go away for a spa weekend for Mother's Day. So it's it's a little bit different um, in that case. And we um, get to know a few characters which are um, like significant others of, of characters that we've only very much touched lightly on. So that was kind of fun. Like there's this character named Tamara who's the partner of... Um, of April, who is, is like the heroine's best friend. And I'm like, why do we don't never hear anything from Tamara? So now we finally get to know Tamara in this book. So it was just a fun, light, little murder mystery. So I, I definitely, I get a kick out of those. So that's about it on the book. So let's talk about shows. I don't have a lot to talk about here, but we did um, get Paramount Plus. Uh, there was this deal with Amazon where we got it for 99 cents for a couple months. So I am getting caught up on Discovery. Um, which is a Star Trek franchise. And uh, man, do I love that show. <laughs> I love that show. Um, so I think it's season four. I'm not sure if it's season three or four, to be honest with you. But what I like about Discovery in general is that it's a little different from some of the other Star Trek shows in that um, there's a lot of women in, you know, like commanding positions, a lot of minorities. Um, it's just in, there's a gay couple, there's just a trans person now. So we've got all kinds of just diversity in the show. And I, I, I really appreciate that. Um, I'm always a little confused when I come back to the next season of a show. I'm just like, what happened last season? And sometimes um, my husband and I will go back a couple episodes and get our head back in the story. But we didn't. I'm just like, you know what? I'm just, I don't have to understand everything. I am along for the ride and I'll pick it up, which is true. And um, we have just the, the season finale left to watch. And it was, you know, chucking along and, you know, it's fine. I like the show and everything. But then the last few episodes, um, like, I think there's 13, so maybe 10, 11, 12, things kind of turn. You know how, like, in Harry Potter, book four, things start to turn and really amp up. And that's how this this one was. The, the, the storyline changed just a, a little bit, and we were really into it. And so that's been really fun. And what's really fun in, in such the super geeky way is that for every episode there is a, a little thing afterwards well you have to go kind of find it in the in the app but um it's a behind the scenes and it's an interview that will wheaton does and if you are a star a star trek geek you will know that that is um wesley from 
Ensign Wesley from Wesley Crusher from the first from Star Trek Next Generation. And so he gets to interview all these um, people and kind of dive into aspects of the show and the episodes. And, and that some way that really elevates the whole experience to really dig in on that super geeky level. <laughs> so we've really been enjoying that. So that's the show that my husband and I are are, are knocking back. We've only got one episode left. And I think then we're going to move on to things are stacking up for us. Um, I've got a new season of Bosch on Amazon Prime and Goliath to watch. I think those are both Amazon Prime shows. So um, looking forward to those. And then uh, for my own little knitting sewing time, it's usually when I indulge in my uh, Acorn or PBS shows. Um, My new Acorn show that I'm obsessed with is called Murdoch Mysteries. And it's just your, you know, your typical... (laughs) you know, murder mystery kind of thing. But what's kind of fun is it takes place in the 1800s in Canada. And um, that's what I love about Acorn is like, I'm watching shows that take place in Australia and New Zealand and Canada. And that's so much more fun than everything being in the U.S. Um, And it does not hurt that the um, Murdoch in this case is this super good looking guy. (laughs) It's like 30s or something, but he's also super smart. Like, should have really been a scientist. There's an episode where he's kind of going head to head with Nikola Tesla <laughs> and teaching Tesla a few things. And um, so that's been um, that's been really fun. Just the the change in time period and and the fact that it's in in Canada has been like a, a kind of a refreshing thing. And lastly, um, what I've been enjoying watching is a YouTube channel called Dressed for My Day. Um, and the woman's name is Kay Harms, and I am loving this YouTube channel. So in the last year or so, I've gotten a little bit more interested in in my wardrobe um, and making it work. And, and mostly because every time I have to pack and go somewhere, I feel like I need to go buy new clothes. Like the stuff that I'm wearing at home is just like, it, this isn't right. And, and I, I feel like I am always wearing kind of the same thing, but I don't love any of it, you know, so I'm just trying to kind of figure it out. And so I've talked several times about Fashion Fix on Instagram, and she is fabulous. She's like 40. She's actually pregnant right now, which is really fun. And she's got some small kids, but um, she just, she's a stylist. She's worked for Nordstrom. She's worked for J. Crew. She was a Stitch Fix stylist. So she, um, explains clothes in a way that I never understood. And she talks about body shape and, and the different um, details that different body shapes need to look for and just what to look for in, you know, mixing up texture and details um, in your clothes. And she has this, the a, a wardrobe essentials checklist so that you can mix and match so that things We'll go together. So I'm, that's kind of coming together for me. But um, Kay Harms is in her 50s. I think she's in, at this point, kind of mid-50s. So that kind of resonates with me. Also, she she doesn't look like me, but she's about my height. Uh, she's thinner than me. I would like to <laughs> get down to where she is. But she's blonde, gone gray. Like So anything that looks good on her, I can go, okay, you know what? That's going to look good on me. <laughs> Um, but she does the same thing, um, but more on the, if you're over 50, um, but not in a frumpy way, like to not be frumpy. And also, um, she, you know, like on fashion fix, these are, she's, she'll cater to anybody, but I feel like she's catering a little bit more to young moms. And so she's 
you know, she's shopping at Target and, um, you know, did normal things like J. Crew and Loft, but she does a lot of goodwill things, you know, so definitely keeping the cost down. Well, um, on Dress for My Day, she also tries to keep costs down, but she will talk about brands like you can get this at um, Talbot's or Nordstrom or, you know, so she's a little bit more into buying quality pieces. Um, but she's got these great videos here. I, was, I brought her YouTube channel up. So like the stuff that she's talking about, um, like six essential accessories for fall outfits. That was a great thing. And, and just how to make that change. She's in a warm climate too, so I believe. So she, um, how to make these changes even before it's really sweater weather, things like that. Let me find a few others. So she's got tips for transitioning your outfits for fall, five essential, um, fall wardrobe, things to help you layer, layer on the style, um, eight fall jeans, outfits, things like that, how to determine your body proportions. So I've just learned a lot. She's always going to have way more clothes than I ever will, but she really shows how to put things together, um, from a wardrobe basic standpoint. So I've really been enjoying that. And, and in addition to the YouTube channel, she's got a blog where she blogs like almost every day, I think. So I've actually just started getting those as an email, which is, I do not do very often. <laughs> I'm very protective of my inbox, but I think I'll do it for a while and just to, to see what all her new content is. So that is um, one of the more fun things that I've been watching lately. Okay, let's move on to the last segment, which is a little bit of a grab bag these days. Um, this, I'm, I'm focusing a lot on productivity and figuring out what you want, things like that right now. So what I would like to pose to you right now is what kind of a fall do you want to have? What kind of fall and even into the winter, you know, I, oh my gosh, the lazy genius did a podcast recently where she said, and this was earlier this week, there's 95 days until, till the end of the year. <laughs> so we we're in it. We're in it. The, we're in the last, we're in the fourth quarter here. So what do you want to do with this time? Um, I know we set a lot of goals and things like that in the beginning of the year. And, you know, a lot of them fall by the wayside, but this is the time to start, you know, making some, some changes and thinking about things like that. So I've been super reflective lately. <laughs> Honestly, I sometimes feel like it seems like it's a little self-indulgent, but that's where I'm at right now. You know, I'm at a transitional time in my life, transitional season. So I talked last time about, um, the Silk and Sonder journals, and I just got my October one, and I'm super excited. One thing about it, these journals is, you know, sometimes we buy journals and then we stop using them, and then there's so many empty pages, it's hard to jump back in, and getting a new one every month just allows you to go, okay, like, I didn't do everything I was going to do in that one, so I'm going to set September aside. Like, for me, I got it halfway through, and I used it really well for the half of the month, but there still was a lot of blank pages, so I'm happy to start in on October. And um, I attended what they call a um, Silk and Saunders Social, which was a, like a Zoom meeting for monthly setup, for how to set it up for the month. And that was really fun, because I'm new to this, and there are certain what you know she would actually walk you through and, and give you time to fill out your september reflections and your october intentions and things like that but also talk about some of these sections like um there's a lot of habit tracking 
and things like that in here. So there's a place I'm flipping through as I'm talking madly. Um, there's like a mood tracker and a sleep tracker. And a lot of people jumped in on the comments saying, okay, I'm never going to track my sleep. I'm never going to track my mood. So I use my mood tracker as a movement tracker. And so I just, I have yoga and walking and strength training and stretching and things like that, little different colors. And I just fill it in when I do that type of movement. movement. And I thought that was a great idea. Somebody tracked their anxiety levels because that's what they're dealing with. Um, but so it was kind of interesting to um, see how people repurpose sections that don't necessarily speak to them, but it still makes the, the, um, the journal work for them. So, and there's a theme for each one. So for October, it's patience. Um, and so anyway, so I'm going to be digging into that this afternoon. I'm really excited. So that is, um, one way to be reflective about, um, setting intentions for the month. What, and a lot of the intentions are, it, it's, you know, I want to floss and drink more water and track my food and things like that, but also things about how you want to feel and taking time for self-care and stuff like that. So, so that's one way. Now, the other way that, um, that, you know, can help you kind of figure out what you want, um, is this product that I love called Power Sheets. And I will talk more about this on another episode because we're already 40 minutes into this one. Um, but let me just give you the short version. And I, the only reason I'm doing this is because they actually go on sale next week um, in October. And I know a lot of times they sell out. So I wanted to just give you a little sneak peek. So this is the 2022 Power Sheets Planner and it's their 10 year anniversary. I bought Power Sheets maybe three years ago was the first time I bought them. And then to be honest with you, um, because they're, you know, they're a little pricey about, I can't remember, 50 or $60, something like that. And, um, and it's not, it's not a planner. It's not a, you know, it's not a to-do list. It is a goal planner. And, um, and then what I did for the years, for a couple years after that is that I took the same prompts that were in my power sheets and I just did them in a separate notebook. So, but because it's the 10 year anniversary, they've really updated it and they have these awesome linen covers and they had blue, my signature color blue. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to get a new one. And they've really redone the inside quite a lot. So what's cool about this is there are, and I'm going to look at right now, there are... 53 pages of prep work. Now, that either sounds like um, like ridiculously scary or wow, you can really get to drill down to some stuff. And that's how I was. Um, so I did this between Christmas and New Year's, the first year I got it. Um, but it helps you figure out what your goals are and what you want out of life. And um, I'm going to read you some of the, the titles of what makes you come alive, what fires you up. One of my favorite things about it is what they call the cultivated life evaluation. So they have eight parts of your life, health and wellness, friends, focal relationship, family, finances, spiritual and personal growth, work and learning, recreation. And they ask you to rate where you are on those things and then, um, you know, make some plans. It's, so like when you are creating things, you want goals for your life. They're not always, I want to lose 15 pounds. I want to floss, you know, like, um, they can be more things about, I want to, um, cultivate a, a cozier home. I want to, uh, dig into relationships more, things like that. Things that are, that 
that you're going to think about when you get to the end of your life. As a matter of fact, one of the best journaling prompts here, I can't, uh, from the, the first year I did this was pretend you're 80 years old. What does your perfect day look like? What do you want your life to look like when you're 80? And so when I was doing this, I really was um, the beginning of a freelance career and I was um, doing some quilting, you know, industry stuff on the side. And I really thought that this is the year I'm going to really dig into um, my blog more. And by the time I got through my, my power sheets, my whole perspective on my life changed a bit. It's like, you know what? I what I really want to focus on, and especially then, is when I think um, I probably had one kid in college and two, one in high school and one in middle school kind of a thing. And, you know, de definitely getting at the end of my um, child rearing years, I just realized, you know what I really want in my life is to just, um, you know, dig into my home and family life Um you know, do my, my job so that we've got the money to do, you know, fun things with the family and stuff, but realize that I thought I kind of wanted the hustle, but really when I look, look at what I wanted from my life in, you know, 30 years, I'm like, yeah, you know, that part's not as important to me. And so that was really interesting. It was, it turned out to be not what I thought it was going to be. So, um, they have you, um, brainstorm all kinds of, um, things that you want in each of those like eight categories I just talked about and then go through them see if you find patterns and that's what happened to me is I found the pattern of a family and home more than hustle and business <laughs> and and then you know you kind of you find some themes and um, and from those themes then you figure out what you want to do. So like I had like, basically I want, you know, make your home a haven. That was like my, one of my um, themes. And so for that, it was like, you know, like that was like, there were some redecorating things in there and um, uh, renovation kind of things to do and trying new recipes and family game nights or, you know, like different things like that, which were not the kind of goals I thought I was going for. So it would be like, oh, we should make sure that we have, you know, like at least once a month, we should have a family movie night and we should have some sort of a family outing. And, and, um, and then they give you ways of, uh, very slowly, like just working on one a month and, and ways to track that. And so that's what was really kind of cool about it is that it's not your just your generic, you know, um, quit smoking or whatever kind of goal planner. It's really about cult. As a matter of fact, what's the name of the company is Cultivate What Matters. And so, um, so that's what's cool about Power Sheets is it really gets down to crafting the the intentional life that you want to live um, from many perspectives um, relationships home money uh, spirituality things like that so that's power sheets um, when we get a little bit closer to the end of the year and I start digging in I'll do a little bit more of a, a deeper review but I just wanted to get that on your radar and we all know that often what gets in the way of of us achieving our goals and if I'm gonna bring, bring this back to quilting achieving, finishing our projects and things like that, it's procrastination, right? Procrastination is an issue. And I have a little treat for you, if you're interested, to help break that procrastination cycle. So I have talked about Dara Thomason many times on the podcast. She is a life coach and a weight loss coach. She currently has a um, 
podcast called Weight Loss for Quilters. Um, she is a quilter, a long arm teacher, author. And then she just kind of took this pivot towards life coaching and really focuses in on on quilters. And we did a five-day food challenge with her um, about a year and a half ago. I think it was in the summer of 2020. Um, And she's the one, uh, it was around the time she did that, that I was kind of discovering intermittent fasting and and how that all works together. And um, she was kind of instrumental in that. And... Now she has, um, she, she's a full life coach and she has several different classes and she's going to do what we're going to call a pop-up um, Facebook group um, just for Simple Handmade Everyday listeners. And so the topic is Break the Procrastination Barriers, How to Get More Done and Be Happier. So she's going to be teaching for four days why procrastination has been plaguing you for so long, go behind the scenes and learn about the science of procrastination, gain practical tools to equip you to start living a life where finishing projects and being happier becomes your new normal. Over four days, there'll be an in-depth look at proven techniques that take you away from self-sabotage and fear that are holding you back and transform yourself into a project finishing machine. So I'm super excited about this. I will put a link in the show notes that will take you to a Facebook group where you can sign up. That's how you sign up. You join the Facebook group and um, there will be a little video also in the show notes um, from Dara that kind of explains what it's all about. But I'm super excited about this and I'm excited to be able to offer this to you guys just because I think that, I mean, I feel like I'm a pretty productive person, but do I still struggle with procrastination? Obviously, yes, I do. And that's, we all have unfinished projects whether they are quilts or, you know, projects in the yard or I, I am really procrastinating about getting started on a bathroom remodel project because it seems too overwhelming to me right now. So I am kind of hoping to break through some of my own procrastination barriers with this class. So what will happen is that she will do a live teaching um, each day in the Facebook group at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Don't worry if you can't make it during that time. They are all recorded, but there is definitely value in being there in person. She is always really good about taking, um, you know, questions and and interacting like that. And she's going to teach you all about the the psychological side of this. And she did this with um, with the weight loss too. And I, I believe it's probably going to be the same model where she really just talks about um, it's cognitive behavioral therapy that that it's all in your mind that getting control of your thoughts makes a difference makes a difference in the results that you get and I will you know it's all proven scientifically I will let her um, explain that all to you but anyways I'm super excited that she reached out and and wanted to offer you guys a course like that so definitely um, go over to the show notes and get into that Facebook group oh I should tell you when it's going to be and right now I'm going to bring up a calendar it will be the week of October 11th through the 15th so it's going to happen during that week but um, the the Access to the recordings will not last forever, but if you can't get there during the, the day, they'll, they'll be there for a little while. So don't worry if that, if you're at work or, you know, whatever, that that's totally fine. Before we go, 
I did want to thank Paloma Quilts for leaving such a fun review um, on the podcast, on Apple Podcasts. I've gotten her hooked on the Inspector Gamache books and welcome to the club for all of us. <laughs> That's my, I keep re-listening to the latest one, The Madness of Crows. If I can't sleep, I turn that on and um, it's such a, a comforting, comforting voice. So thank you for leaving a review. Um, I appreciate anybody who leaves ratings or reviews on the podcast. Again, it really helps other people um, find find the podcast and as I've gotten more reviews, I, I definitely can see that, that that does make a difference. So thank you so much for that. And I hope you guys have a wonderful week. I'll be back in a few weeks. It might be three weeks because I'll be traveling, um, I think, on my normal podcast week next time. But we'll see how that works out. You can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Every Day, on Instagram as Kristen Esser. And please consider joining the Simple Handmade Every Day Facebook group so that we can keep the conversation going. Have a wonderful week. 